Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining me on another solo-sode of the Red Light Report. Of course, today we're going to cover some interesting research on the topics uh, around red light therapy, mitochondria, methylene blue. But before we do that, we'll get to some quick announcements. But of course, I like to give you guys the, the Montana weather report, as you guys <laughs> have probably noticed over over a handful of solo sodes. Most recently in October, we had basically a week straight of snow, which is unusual for us. That snow has left. Uh, it's all melted in the past couple of weeks. Right now, it's sunny as I'm doing this, as I'm recording this episode. Uh, the grass is green. It almost looks like the end of spring. And so... Uh, crossing my fingers and and uh, just hoping we can keep this weather up for for at least another month before we get too much snow. I'm not the person that likes a lot of snow or like to, likes to play in snow. I don't go skiing. Growing up, I played hockey, so uh, you don't need snow to play in hockey or to, to play hockey. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just more of a mess, and I don't like dealing with all the slush and all the the stuff you trail into the house. That's just me. I know a lot of you guys probably love the snow. Go do your snow angels, go do your snowball fights, build your snowman, snow woman. But for me, eh, I could live without it. But here I am in Montana. It's still beautiful. <laughs> I, I can see snow on the top of the mountains. I think that's cool. So the snow can stay over there and I will stay here. But I digress. Um, hope you guys are having a fantastic week. As you know, we're we're nearing the the end of 2023, which is crazy, crazy, crazy. And it was actually um, about a year ago, not not to this day, but around this exact time uh, that I was in Italy doing some international traveling, but more importantly, giving a uh, a presentation on photobiomodulation at a at a functional uh, health uh, symposium in Rome. And so it's kind of boggles my mind that uh, we're already here twelve months later. But alas, we're we're here in in uh, mid November. It's it's holiday season. Uh, Thanksgiving's next week. Christmas is uh, a month from now. So, you know, here we are in the thick of things. And of course, as you know, uh, with BioLite, we just had our pre-Black Friday sale. Uh, if you didn't get in on that, don't worry. We had the exact same prices, uh, or sorry, exact same discounts uh, during the pre-Black Friday sale that we're going to have during the Black Friday sale. So if you missed that sale, no worries. Just join us during the traditional, you know, Black Friday through Cyber Monday weekend. If you want to be updated with all those discounts and prices and that kind of stuff, uh, just go to the BioLite website and subscribe to our newsletter, and then you'll be sure to get emails about the updates, or just follow us on Instagram, and we post all of our sales and info uh, there, of course. So you can find find the, you know, the the hottest deals of the year that weekend. Uh, by either joining the newsletter and or, of course, uh, following us on Instagram, Facebook, you know, the main social platforms. And as you can hear me speaking right now, I'll be announcing stuff here uh, on the Red Light Report. But of course, we're going to be having some some interviews uh, the next handful of weeks, so I'm not going to be able to have as many personal updates. So I'm updating you, meow, that we're having those Black Friday sales. And lastly... This is probably the most important announcement is that I have decided to start what I'm going to call office hours. Uh, This is going to be done through Instagram Live. 
this is kind of my way of connecting with anyone that's interested in uh, having some dialogue or asking questions or uh, again, having some back and forth about, you know, anything red light therapy, mitochondria, methylene blue related, you know, it's great for me to have this podcast and be able to uh, inform and educate and, and uh, you know, spew my nonsense every once in a while. But it's uni- unidirectional, you know, there's no back and forth. So I can give you all the information that I think is interesting, but it's always good to know what you guys are thinking or for me to hear the questions from you guys. Uh, because ultimately that's what matters. And so it's like, if you have, you know, a question or two or three about red light therapy or methylene blue, there's probably, you know, 20, 30, 40 other people that have the exact same question that would be interested in the answer. So again, by having these office hours and I'll start off by doing them weekly, we'll see how popular they are. We'll see how many questions I can accumulate on a, on a weekly basis, because that's how I would like to structure these office hours is uh, you guys will submit your questions that you want me to answer during the office hours. So so for that week leading up to the office hours, again, submit them through either email or submit them through Instagram. Just find a way to get in contact with either me personally or, or a BioLite. And then we'll accumulate those questions and I'll answer as many as I can during the first portion of the office hours. Uh, we'll try to keep it around an hour total. So I'll try to answer questions for the first part. And then whatever time we have left over, we'll do some Q&A with whomever is present during the Instagram live. And so, of course, if you can't make that certain time that week, no worries. It's going to be recorded and we'll post it on on Instagram, uh, both the BioLite.shop page and then my personal page, Dr. Mike Belkowski. So, again, if you can't make it during the office hours, we'll have it recorded so everyone can listen and learn whenever it's most convenient for them. And then, of course, they'll just be left on on, on social media so you can reference them uh, in the future. And we'll just have a catalog, hopefully, of these office hours that'll, that'll work as almost like another source of or an extension of this podcast in a way because it's just going to be me riffing on, you know, whatever questions or thoughts you guys have about, again, red light therapy, anything mitochondria related that I can speak upon uh, intelligently, and then methylene blue. So it's it's essentially going to be almost like an interactive podcast where uh, you know I'll be I'll be answering questions hopefully articulately referencing some research or just referencing my own experience or or, or thoughts based on what I've read and learned, and then of course some nice back and forth. Um, and we can do anything like I can walk through different products or how I would use it or different protocols. So we can get as specific as as we want. Of course, I'm not going to provide medical advice, so we're going to steer away from that. But again, I can do some product demonstrations. I can provide more information or research on a particular topic, or we can walk through, again, some particular protocols or this whole new uh, red light therapy treatment protocol ecosystem or system that I'm building right now. Again, I'm getting close to releasing the new ebook that's going to have this new system in place. So this office hours or these office hours will be a good place for me to just further dig into that and and, and delineate uh, the details of how to use this new this new uh, protocol ecosystem because it's going to be an integral part to especially the BioLite products. But anyone using red light therapy will want to be using this the system that integrates a different way or a different form of protocols that's going to integrate a calculator that is going to make essentially you trying to 
um, create your own protocol much more simpler. And it's going to work across all red light therapy products. So it doesn't have to be BioLite specific. It can be any red light therapy product or device. You can use this protocol system or ecosystem, I'm calling it, to seamlessly know uh, which lights to use, red or near near infrared, red and or near infrared, I should say, uh, the distance you should be away, which is predicated on your light irradiance. So you have to know your light irradiance. And thus, it's best if your product is third party tested to verify that light irradiance. And of course, the light irradiance is predicated on a particular distance. Thus, you already know your distance because you're going to be using that light irradiance uh, at that given distance. And then the calculator will spit out the duration of your treatment. So you're going to have all the variables at your disposal. All you need to know is A, what you want to treat. And based on what you want to treat, there will be... Uh, a particular amount or a particular dosage you want to use. So you plug in that dosage number, let's say it's five, then you can plug in your the light radiance of your device, let's say it's 50, and then outspits the duration of your treatment. And so it's going to be a seamless way for again, everyone to not necessarily for let's say the guardian or a body specific device because the device is already engineered at its particular light radiance and, and, and duration. But for using, let's say, a handheld device or or a panel or like the Matrix or Cocoon, a full body device, uh, this this protocol ecosystem is going to allow you to seamlessly know how to use your specific device for what you're trying to treat. So I'll just leave it at that because I'm kind of going in circles here. But yeah, so I'm really excited about office hours. Again, I'll try to do that weekly. Um, see how popular it is. Maybe do it twice a month if it if it doesn't get uh, too much traction initially. So I'll try to do it at least semi-consistently, if not weekly, if it's something that seems like a tool or, or a platform that people are interested in utilizing or, or enamored with as we move forward with it, then then like I said, we'll do it more consistently on, on a weekly basis. But uh, the inaugural office hours is going to be this week. Well, actually, it's today. So if you're listening to this episode early enough uh, on Thursday, the 16th, uh, just know that the first office hours are going to be at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, it's going to be an Instagram Live through the BioLite uh, profile. So it's BioLite.shop if you're not following already. Uh, but if you want to just watch or if you want to uh, pose some questions during the live uh, Q&A portion of it, uh, then feel free to join uh, at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard. Again, the goal is for it to run about an hour uh, but if we have some really good, interesting Q&A, some live Q&A with the people that are in the crowd, so to speak, then then I don't mind running over an hour, probably a hard cutoff around 90 minutes. But uh, for all intents and purposes, we'll try to keep it at about an hour on a weekly basis. So tell your family, tell your friends, tell your dogs and cats and other pets that we're doing office hours on Thursdays going forward. Just, just another way to get uh, red light therapy information out there to the masses. Because like you heard, uh, Sarah Turner and I spoke about last week is that even as much as people like Sarah and I are out here on the front lines trying to expose red light therapy to the masses and get the information out there, uh, we can only do so much. And, and even still, there's just a dearth or there's a lack of red light therapy information and education. And so again, that's why I started this podcast years ago. And it's been amazing to see it grow over the time and the interest in red light therapy as it has, of course, grown over the years. But still, like, 
like I mentioned, and I'm going in circles again, but uh, this podcast serves as a way for me to get information to you, but to have some uh, bi-directional communication live, I think would be pretty interesting and fun and and probably the most beneficial of all educational um, opportunities. So that's why I'm initiating this office hours. I think it'll be a hit, but um, time will tell as, as far as how many people show up and how many questions we get and that stuff. Uh, but again, it's just my way of trying to open up my my time and energy to to get more information out there. Again, it doesn't have to be BioLite specific questions. It can be anything to do with red light therapy, mitochondria related, and uh, methylene blue, of course, with with the new BioBlue product uh, that uh, BioLite launched about a month ago now. So office hours, let's do it. But without further ado, let's get into some actual information. Enough with the updates. We've, we've eaten up almost uh, 15 minutes here, so I hope that wasn't too much snooze material. If you're if you're driving, I hope you're still awake. But I digress once again. Let's get into the information. So we're going to kick off this episode with some hot off the press information, meaning it came out last week. It's a review. It's entitled, and I only have the abstract, so it's so hot off the press, I can't get the full article. But it's entitled, Mitochondrial Dysfunction and Neurological Disorders. A narrative review and treatment overview. So let's just quickly go over the abstract. A lot of this is going to be familiar, but again, um, it, it's good to to hear it again and, and from a different perspective, both both mitochondrial health and red light therapy wise. So they go on to say that mitochondria play a vital role in the nervous system as they are responsible for generating energy in the form of ATP and regulating cellular processes such as calcium signaling and apoptosis or programmed cell death, of course. However, mitochondrial dysfunction can lead to oxidative stress, inflammation, and cell death, not programmed cell death, which have been implicated in the pathogenesis of various neurological disorders. In this article, we review the main functions of mitochondria in the nervous system and explore the mechanisms related to mitochondrial dysfunction, a lot of which uh, we're already familiar with because uh, we've been covering this for, for a long time now. And they go on to say that we discuss the role of mitochondrial dysfunction in the development and progression of some neurological disorders, including Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, Alzheimer's disease, depression, and epilepsy. Finally, we provide an overview of various current treatment strategies that target mitochondrial dysfunction, including pharmacological treatments, phototherapy, gene therapy, and mitotherapy. So that's kind of a new one out there, mitotherapy. But I'm hazarding a guess that's going to become a much more mainstream term going forward as as, as the masses, and especially here in the western part of the, the world, the allopathic dominated part of the world. Mitotherapy, I think, is going to become more and more popular as mitochondrial health becomes more mainstream and more prevalent in, in the allopathic model, uh, so to speak. 
At this point, I'm sure you guys have heard of Methylene Blue, especially if you've been listening to this podcast. You guys have heard me shout from the mountaintops the many benefits of Methylene Blue. So Methylene Blue is a major, major mitochondrial booster. It has a lot of similar properties as red light therapy, but they actually work slightly differently as far as how they derive their benefits to the mitochondrial function. A couple of my favorite aspects include the fact that when you ingest it, the majority of the Methylene Blue ends up in your brain. that's why you see these amazing cognitive, mental energy boosts from Methylene Blue. It can even stave off or prevent or reverse some types of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. This is my second favorite part about it. The Methylene Blue has this innate sense to help cells that have the most mitochondrial dysfunction first before helping other cells. So not only does it help cells that need the help most, but again, most of the Methylene Blue ends up in your brain where, as you all know, that is the most mitochondrial dense tissue in the body. Thus, that's why you see all these amazing benefits with the brain with methylene blue. And then thirdly, red light therapy and methylene blue are major synergists. So of course you have your independent benefits when you just use methylene blue or red light therapy. But when you combine them together, you amplify the benefits of one another and you get the synergistic response. So anyone that's interested in red light therapy should at least be considering or looking into the many benefits of methylene blue. And as you know by now, if you've been listening to this podcast, my company BioLite has recently released an enhanced methylene blue product that includes certain ingredients like NMN that further boost the energy production of the mitochondria. It also enhances the photodynamic activity already associated with methylene blue by including colloidal gold, colloidal silver, which have their own antimicrobial or cognitive benefits, silver and gold respectively, but they also have their own photodynamic benefits as well. So again, you're amplifying the benefits of red light therapy when you ingest BioBlue. Lastly, fulvic acid helps you absorb anything that you're consuming when you're also taking it with fulvic acid so it drives everything deeper into the cells. When you take BioBlue, it helps further absorb the methylene blue, the NMN, and the colloidal gold and silver so you get this enhanced methylene blue product with BioBlue. And so of course for my loyal listeners, especially you guys that have listened this far into the ad in the middle of the episode here, I'm going to give you guys an exclusive 15% discount on your order of BioBlue. And you can apply that to a single pack or a double pack or a four pack or a 10 pack. And of course with a larger quantity, you actually get an increased discount. Simply use coupon code BioBlue15 at checkout. That's BioBlue15 at checkout and you can snag that 15% discount discount off your order of BioBlue. So if you're interested in seeing what all of the excitement around Methylene Blue is about from its ability to improve cognition, energy, improve mitochondrial function, and furthermore help mitigate or prevent things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and depression, pain, cancer, go ahead and give BioLite's Methylene Blue enhanced product BioBlue a shot and see what you notice, especially when you combine it with your red light therapy treatments. So they go on to say, this review emphasizes the importance of understanding the role of mitochondria in the nervous system and highlights the potential of mitochondrial targeted therapies in the treatment of neurological disorders. Furthermore, it highlights some limitations and challenges encountered by the current therapeutic strategies and puts them in future perspective. It's a lot of great take-home points there. Uh, It continues to drive home the point that mitochondria play a massive role in overall health, but then you can see even when we're just talking neurological or neurodegenerative diseases, it runs the gamut. Again, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, Alzheimer's, depression, epilepsy. And of course, we know the brain is the most mitochondrial dense tissue in the body. 
thus has the greatest potential to respond positively to anything that's going to enhance mitochondrial function, i.e. mitochondrial health, i.e. metabolic health. So of course we know things like red light therapy, methylene blue, this is right in their wheelhouse. A, we know that uh, based on studies with with red light therapy, um, and as we talked with Sarah Turner last week, all of the potential positive implications of near-infrared light or red light if you can get it in there somehow. But either of those wavelengths to the brain, even a small amount goes a long way because the mitochondria are are quenching for the red and the near-infrared wavelengths. And so if they're lacking oxygenation because of poor circulation, if they're lacking ATP production, um, if they're lacking the ability to, uh, or if they're bathed in inflammation, so we have neuroinflammation, any one of these things, let alone in combination, is going to lead to deleterious effects. And of course, if you compound that year over year, decade over a decade, that's where you start to see these diagnoses, such as Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, Alzheimer's, in the latter years of life. But even um, as the years go on, these diseases are seen earlier and earlier in life, uh, which is no surprise because in this modern day, we're, we're kind of perpetuating uh, all these bad behaviors, this malillumination, we're no longer grounded to earth, uh, we're drinking questionable uh, water, as far as quality of water, food supply, I mean, we can get into all types of things, um, especially mitochondrial related, but but the trickle-down effect or, or, or the downstream effect is mitochondrial dysfunction. So that's why these things like red light therapy, even if you're healthy, or even if you think you have resolved your health journey, uh, it still pays, metaphorically speaking, it still pays to do these proactive or prophylactic treatments such as red light therapy and now methylene blue. Um, another synergistic one would be hyperbaric oxygen chamber or hyperbaric oxygen treatment. Of course, do your grounding, get your sunlight, that type of stuff. All of these things have massive potential to prevent you if you're young enough and haven't had any neurodegenerative disease. Um, but even if like, it's happening to you and you don't even know it because you don't have the symptoms, simply by initiating these types of uh, health habits or, or utilizing these types of treatment modalities, you can prevent the progression of and potentially even reverse these, these disease-forming uh, tissues and cells and organs because you're going to reverse or you're going to uh, uh, completely abolish mitochondrial dysfunction, which is the root of the vast majority of modern diseases. So again, you know, I'd love to read that article in its entirety, and I'll be keeping my eye out for that one because there's a lot of other good stuff in there. So again, it drives home the point about the importance of mitochondrial function and health, and, and it runs the gamut when it comes to neurodegenerative disease. Um, but it's also cool to see these other types of treatment strategies to target mitochondrial mitochondrial dysfunction. Of course, we know pharmacological treatments are an option. Some people might even consider methylene blue a pharma, uh, pharmacological treatment. It was, um, you know, over a century ago. We have phototherapy, and that can take its form in, in red and or near-infrared light if they're specifically talking about optimizing mitochondrial function. But we also know there's other ways or other wavelengths that optimize mitochondrial function. 
if you guys remember Roz, when she was speaking about red light therapy and how she works with horses and, and the way she was learning and using red light therapy, she brought to my attention that blue light affects the mitochondria, albeit in different ways. It has different physiological paths to amplifying or augmenting mitochondrial health. Granted, it's it's on the superficial level because remember, red light is a shorter wavelength than near-infrared, thus red light only treats the skin, near-infrared treats deeper tissues. Blue light is even a shorter wavelength compared to red light, so it penetrates even less deep compared to red light. But still, blue light has these other mechanisms or other pathways for optimizing mitochondrial health. So let's say you twist your ankle or you're dealing with some type of superficial injury, you know, wound, anything that deals with inflammation. Blue light in the correct wavelengths is another way to improve mitochondrial health. So let's say you twist your ankle or, or you get a big, again, a big wound. Utilizing both blue and red light therapy in those cases could actually be have its own synergistic effect because they're working on the mitochondria in different ways. So we're learning all these different things about light and, and otherwise as far as um, amplifying mitochondrial health. And then they go on to say gene therapy, which would be interesting to dive into, and then mitotherapy, which is, of course, specific therapies on the mitochondria. So so again, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for, for the full version of this article to come out. And if I get it and find it and read it, I'll probably report on this article again because I would love to dig into um, these potential uh, various mitochondrial dysfunction treatments, the pharmacological, the gene therapy, and the mitotherapy. I think that'd be pretty interesting. Um, so that's a pretty good review of that abstract. Let's move along to something that includes our other two favorite things, mitochondrial health, granted we just talked about that, and methylene blue. Uh, this one is from August of 2017. Uh, it's entitled, From Mitochondrial Function to Neuroprotection, an Emerging Role for Methylene Blue. So it's kind of a good segue from, from that first article talking about the impact of mitochondrial dysfunction on neurodegenerative diseases. And here we are talking about mitochondrial function and neuroprotection, and specifically as it relates to methylene blue. So let's jump into the introduction and, and start learning here. Uh, they go on to say that methylene blue is one such example of a promising drug with potential for repurposing. First synthesized in 1876 as a textile dye, methylene blue was investigated for its medicinal applications as early as 1891. Methylene blue has classically been used in the clinic as a potent antimalarial agent, methemoglobinemia treatment, and as a medical staining agent. Evidence has also shown that methylene blue is effective as a prophylactic therapy against vasoplegic syndrome occurring after coronary artery bypass surgery and in septic shock as a result of the vasomodulatory action of methylene blue, which relies on its inhibition of guanylate cyclase and nitric oxide synthase. While the etiology and progression of the major neurodegenerative disorders vary widely, common to all is mitochondrial dysfunction. In neurodegenerative conditions such as stroke, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, or traumatic brain injury, mitochondrial dysfunction and oxidative stress are key to the progressive debilitating nature of the condition. 
impairment of the mitochondrial electron transfer chain through direct damage or insufficient turnover leads to energy deficits and the release of reactive oxygen species that can cause direct and downstream damage and deleterious effects. As such, targeting and improving mitochondrial health is a prime target for emerging therapies. The mitochondrial mechanism of methylene blue, as well as its established safety record, situates it as a candidate for the treatment of these devastating conditions. In this review, the basic mechanisms of mitochondrial dysfunction in each of the major neurodegenerative disorders will be discussed, and recent studies examining the effect of methylene blue on each of these will be evaluated. Studies will be highlighted that focus on the emerging role of methylene blue as both a recycling antioxidant and an alternative electron carrier in the mitochondrial electron transfer chain in the context of neurodegeneration. When available, combination therapy will be compared to monotherapy. We will also briefly review evidence suggesting a nootropic role for methylene blue. Alright, so let's move on to the next section, history, mechanisms, and current indications of methylene blue. Methylene blue was originally synthesized by Heinrich Caro as a textile dye, but it was quickly found to have significant use in the field of medicine. Early pioneering studies involved its use as medical stain, followed shortly by its application by Ehrlich and Gutmann in the treatment of malaria. This effect made it an important drug in many military campaigns, although the side effect of blue urine was not particularly well received. While passing blue urine was undesirable to soldiers, it was of great use in psychiatry. Included in medication, methylene blue provided a visibly apparent indicator of compliance. Such an indicator was invaluable in the historically harsh treatment of psychiatric patients on early medications that were fraught with undesirable side effects. Through this application in psychiatry, it was eventually discovered that methylene blue alone had antipsychotic effects, leading to the development of tricyclics. Methylene blue was used as a pilot molecule, ushering in a new era of psychopharmacology. Some of these effects are known to be due to its function as a powerful monoamine oxidase inhibitor, also known as MAOI. But recent work has implicated the role of mitochondrial mechanisms and metabolic manipulation as the source of at least some of the drug's beneficial psychiatric effects. In recent years, this work has extended to psychiatric application of methylene blue to the treatment of residual bipolar depression. These results imply that methylene blue has bioavailability to the brain, which is corroborated by pharmacokinetic studies. Methylene blue is best delivered intravenously with IV administration delivering higher blood concentrations and AUC than oral administration and has a half-life of approximately 6.6 hours. Regardless of route of administration, methylene blue accumulates in significant concentrations in various tissues, with brain tissue concentration of methylene blue as much as tenfold higher than serum levels as early as one hour after IV administration. Tissue uptake is rapid, with substantial organ accumulation noted after three minutes in the lungs, liver, kidneys, and heart. Moving on to the next section here, methylene blue, 
mitochondrial dysfunction, and neurodegeneration. So the brain is remarkably dependent on oxidative metabolism as an energy source, consuming 20% of the body's glucose and 20% of its oxygen at resting state. Resting membrane potential maintenance, generation of action potentials, and postsynaptic actions of glutamate comprise the bulk of this energy demand which is tightly coupled to neuronal activity. Considering the striking lack of alternative energy sources in the brain, proper mitochondrial function is imperative to brain health. Dysfunctional mitochondria, conversely, are implicated in several neurodegenerative conditions playing either a causative or contributing role. The primary role of the mitochondrial electron transport chain is to transfer high-energy electrons from food-derived energy substrates like NADH to O2 in a stepwise manner. Each step releases energy that is used to transport protons across the inner mitochondrial membrane, establishing the transmembrane potential which drives ATP synthase, the molecular rotor that converts ADP into ATP. Proper mitochondrial function is dependent on a sequential passage of electrons through each step of the electron transport chain. As the electron transport chain becomes maximally occupied, electron carriers begin to donate electrons to O2, producing detrimental reactive oxygen species. And so with some background information on methylene blue and uh, mitochondrial dysfunction, let's jump into methylene's role into mitochondrial dysfunction as it relates to neurodegenerative diseases. So let's start with methylene blue and Alzheimer's disease. Methylene blue is well known to promote complex 4 activity and mitochondrial activity, and this effect extends to the Alzheimer's disease brain. Uh, to step back for a second, uh, so when it says promote complex 4 activity, that's related to the electron transport chain. There's four complexes. The fourth one is where that biological water is produced, or that uh, exclusion zone water, so to speak, is produced. It's in complex 4. Also, Cyanide inhibits complex 4, and so when you have all of your complex 4 shutting down in your mitochondria, that's what leads to that rapid reduction in energy production, and, and uh, you pass out due to poisoning. And so that really speaks to uh, methylene blue's potential with helping with uh, chemical poisoning or, or overdosing. It's because methylene blue... Uh, really promotes the function of complex 4 in the electron transport chain, and thus it would inhibit the inhibition of, of cyanide in that circumstance. So just some food for thought. Um, but that's what, what uh, methylene blue really works on, is complex 4 in the electron transport chain. Uh, but moving on in the article here, one of methylene blue's primary mechanisms is promotion of complex 4 activity via electron cycling but a contributing factor is upregulation of heme synthesis. Methylene blue has shown to de decrease markers of oxidative stress in several Alzheimer's disease models through methods of electron cycling and through inhibiting downstream mechanisms and interactions. Pioneering work in the application of methylene blue to Alzheimer's disease was done by Claude Wyshik, wherein his laboratory found that methylene blue reverses tau aggregation by blocking tau-tau binding, albeit at doses higher than clinically relevant levels. Methylene blue and its derivatives decreased accumulation of tau filaments in an in vitro assay, 
which was later found to be due to inhibition of filament formation on the first and fourth repeat peptides on the tau microtubule binding domain. In addition, it was also observed that methylene blue helped promote clearance of tau filaments by inducing autophagy. Multiple studies have found that methylene blue helped reduce tau load in different taupathy or taupathy transgenic mouse models over short-term and long-term treatment and that this clearance was associated with amelioration of cognitive deficits. If delivered preemptively, methylene blue can prevent cognitive decline and tau accumulation in transgenic mice expressing pro-aggregant human tau. Methylene blue has been applied to human clinical trials, beginning with a phase 2 clinical trial for methylene blue under the name REMBER, R-E-M-B-E-R. The trial showed both cognitive and cerebral blood flow improvements for patients with mild to moderate Alzheimer's disease. Now, let's move along to methylene blue and Parkinson's disease, which is, of course, another progressive neurodegenerative disorder. Uh, the historical hallmark of Parkinson's disease is the presence of Lewy bodies and Lewy neutrites, intracellular aggregates of the protein omega synuclein. These aggregates are heavily associated with alterations in the expression of the E3 ubiquitin ligase, Parkin, which causes deficits in the mitochondrial quality control by impeding microtubule trafficking. ASYN, which is A-SYN, so ASYN, when translocated to the mitochondria, can impair the function of both complex 1 and complex 4 of the electron transport chain, leading to progressive mitochondrial dysfunction that is potentiated by deficient mitophagy. This electron transport chain dysfunction is the basis upon which two of the most widely used models of Parkinson's disease symptoms are generated. As with all neurodegenerative diseases with a mitochondrial mechanism, therapeutic strategies targeting such dysfunction offer an alluring line of research. The seminal work that determined the alternative electron transfer capacity of methylene blue was discovered using a rotenone model of Parkinson's disease. Along with the aforementioned preservation of electron transport chain function, Methylene blue treatment was accompanied with behavioral improvements in tremor, locomotion, posture, and motor skills. Beyond the study, the evidence of the efficacy on Parkinson's disease is indirect yet still promising. Both mitophagy and general autophagy are induced by methylene blue administration, which could mitigate the mitochondrial quality control deficits that lead to the progression of the disorder. Moreover, the established antioxidant and electron transport chain promoting functions of methylene blue in the mitochondria target the very complexes most targeted by Parkinson's disease. With its low side effect profile, there lies the possibility that methylene blue delivered prophylactically or at the early stages of Parkinson's disease may prevent the progression of the disorder due to the beneficial effects of the low levels of H2O2 generated by methylene blue in physiological conditions mediated by the NRF2-ARE pathway, which is tentatively implicated in Parkinson's disease. Finally, the MAOI 
properties of methylene blue may provide added benefits to an ongoing regimen of levodopa, although the safety profile of this combination needs to be carefully investigated. The close association of the profile of methylene blue's mitochondrial effects and the mitopathy present in Parkinson's disease seem promising, highlighting the necessity of applying methylene blue to the various Parkinson's disease chemical and genetic animal models. Now, let's move along to methylene blue in traumatic brain injury. And of course, this, this is pertains to all aspects of life, but of course, it's becoming ever more popular in the sports world, especially American football, where you have research and science um, and, and the focus around concussions and, and the chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Uh, so, man, if methylene blue can play a role, we already know red light therapy has has a large role to play in concussions, but... Uh, if methylene blue can play a role, then that's a that's a massive one-two punch uh, for anyone in the sports world. And again, you think about uh, motor vehicle accidents. You think about just stuff that happens at work. You you bonk your head. You fall down. Even whiplash. You don't have to hit your head. It can just be whiplash, and you have that counter coup mechanism where your brain is sloshing around in your skull, and that's all it takes is your brain to hit the side of your skull to get uh, a traumatic brain injury. You don't have to hit your skull literally. Um, so it takes a lot less than people think to have a TBI. So again, if we can have these remedies on hand, the sooner you can utilize them, whether it's red light therapy and or methylene blue and or other uh, tactics you have to, to mitigate uh, the damage from a TBI, the better is, is the moral of that story. Uh, but I'm not going to go into all the pathophysiology and all the details of that. Uh, if you want to check it out, I, I encourage you and invite you to check out uh, what they have written here in the article, or just do your own research on TBI and all the mechanisms and, and what's going on in the brain when that happens. But we're just going to jump straight to uh, the meat of the section here as it pertains to methylene blue. So they go on to say, few preclinical studies have examined methylene blue therapy after mild TBI, but the present studies are encouraging. Initial studies indicated that methylene blue delivered twice shortly after TBI could decrease infarct volume over multiple time points extending out to 14 days post-TBI. Methylene blue mitigated somatosensory deficits in behavioral tests and decreased cell death in the affected cortex. This was corroborated with work showing that methylene blue treatment administered within 15 to 30 minutes of TBI could reduce cerebral edema and long-term inflammation after TBI. That's huge, guys. That's huge. Um, so again, that's the whole point of having some of these remedies on hand. Um, not saying you're going to have methylene blue in your pocket at all times, but that just goes for any injury. Just like if you were to roll your ankle, the quicker I can dry needle someone, the the better the results are going to be. Or the sooner you can get red light therapy on it, the, the better you're going to be able to decrease the swelling. Same thing in the brain. The quicker you can get methylene blue, and again, they're not outlining the dose here, so I can't give you that, um, but the quicker you can get the methylene blue administered, the better the results, and especially as we're talking about uh, cerebral edema and long-term inflammation. They go on to say, Neurological scoring improved with methylene blue, but no differences were seen on specific motor coordination tests. These results are encouraging, but the dosing strategy is unrealistic. It is highly unlikely that a TBI patient will have the opportunity to have near-immediate infusion of methylene blue. Haha, that's because BioBlue hadn't been invented yet. 
But again, I don't know what the dose is. They're, they're not outlining that in the study here. But still, methylene blue is much more readily available to the public in, in these pharmaceutical uh, grade purities than they were back when this article was written in even 2018. So even five years ago, there's been a difference in the consumer's ability to get their hands on this product, i.e. methylene blue. But moving along here, fortunately, other studies have shown that treatment even 24 hours after TBI can reproduce similar improvements in infarct size and neurological function. These results were mirrored and expanded on in a subsequent study with a multi-treatment paradigm wherein methylene blue treatment reduced edema, long-term gliosis, neuronal cell death, and infarct size while protecting against behavioral deficits. Moreover, these benefits were tied to increased induction of autophagy. Owing to the diverse nature of head trauma, however, it is unlikely that a single agent will provide the most optimal protection from the constellation of pathologies following TBI. As such, methylene blue will likely prove most effective in a form of combination therapy as previously described in the context of GCI and stroke. Currently, there have been no such studies but the growing literature of methylene blue combination therapy in other brain injuries may provide a solid base upon which to design those applicable to TBI. Though these studies will be inherently complex, the prospect of effective management of TBI-induced neuronal damage is too vital to ignore. All right, guys, and so let's wrap it up with the last section here in the uh, article. It's methylene blue in cognitive enhancement, age-related cognitive decline, and neurogenesis. So cognitive enhancement via pharmaceuticals is an idea that has long captured the public's attention and imagination. The concept is prevalent in the public consciousness and entire online communities are centered on the concept and exploration of potential cognitive enhancers or nootropics. Proposed cognitive enhancers range from amino acid supplements to classically used herbal supplements. Improvements in cognition could prove in the favor of public good in terms of productivity and quality of life, especially in respect to aged populations. In light of this, cheaply available compounds that could safely support or improve cognition are ideal candidates. Methylene blue in this regard is therefore a promising contender. The concept of cognitive enhancement via mitochondrial modulation has been investigated increasingly in recent years. The general concept is that by improving mitochondrial function and oxidative defenses, neurons can function with improved efficiency and maintain proper health, improving basal function and stymieing cognitive decline associated with age and neurodegeneration. Early work by Gonzalez Lima has shown that methylene blue improves spatial memory retention alongside long-lasting mitochondrial respiratory function mediated through complex 4. The long-term upregulation of cytochrome C oxidase may be related to increased H2O2 production without superoxide formation via methylene blue in physiological conditions leading to upregulation of NRF2-ARE. In a human study, methylene blue administration increased cerebral vascular reactivity in psychomotor vigilance task and short-term memory test. This was accompanied with modest improvements in performance and on the short-term memory test. 
These benefits correlated with mitochondrial function are corroborated by experiments showing similarly improved cognition with photobiomodulation, the stimulation of complex 4 with transcranial near-infrared laser irradiation. So guys, that's huge. They're they're connecting the dots between uh, research showing similar benefits with mitochondrial health, mitochondrial function between methylene blue and red light therapy as it relates to mitochondrial health. That's huge. So they just outright connect the dots for us. Metabolic derangement is a well-established observation in the brains of the elderly, especially in regions classically associated with higher brain functions. Mitochondrial damage accumulates over time and progressively contributes to neuronal decline as one ages, much as in neurodegenerative conditions. These mitochondrial insults include breakdown of the electron transfer chain, deficient mitophagy, and a shift towards excessive fission, uh, mitochondrial DNA mutations, and excessive reactive oxygen species production. These features are associated with the cognitive deficits in the elderly just as in those with Alzheimer's disease, major depressive disorder, and other conditions. As such, protecting mitochondrial health may provide some measure of protection against dementia or other forms of age-related cognitive deficits. Methylene blue, as detailed previously, can stymie or prevent many of these mitochondrial insults and may have potential, in this manner, to protect cognition against the metabolic ravages of advancing age. This possibility, as of yet, has not been investigated formally and remains an open-ended question and field of scientific inquiry. Neurogenesis is well accepted to occur through adulthood, both as a physiological process and as a response to injury. After development, neurogenesis is limited to three regions of the brain, the olfactory bulb, the cortical subventricular zone, and the subgranular zone of the hippocampal dentate gyrus. Impairment of this process is associated with disruption of memory consolidation and mood regulation and is implicated in neurodegeneration and age-related cognitive decline as neurogenesis and related process sharply decline in old age. As such, stimulating and sustaining neurogenesis is an alluring target for age-related dementia considering the substantial shared features with other pathological forms of neurodegeneration. Few studies have applied methylene blue to neurogenesis, but those that have as well as the general actions of methylene blue, suggest a potential for beneficial effects. Previously mentioned research applying methylene blue to a piglet model revealed that methylene blue upregulated genes related to neurogenesis, indicating synaptogenesis, neurite outgrowth, and pro-survival factors. Methylene blue downregulated the proliferation of rat NPCs by downregulating cyclin expression and mTOR activity. This seems contradictory, but excessive proliferation depletes the NPC pool, decreasing future capacity for neurogenesis. Methylene blue also did not affect neuronal differentiation. These results, however, were observed in a postnatal day one rats, so it is unclear whether this protective mechanism is relevant in the injured adult brain. Work in our lab found that methylene blue delivered after photothrombotic stroke promoted neurogenesis. Furthermore, it downregulated inflammation, gliosis, and improved mitochondrial function, 
all features that contribute to neurogenic deficits. This leads us to believe that methylene blue may possibly promote or support neurogenesis after injury by making the local microenvironment more amenable to newly formed neurons while supporting their mitochondrial efficiency. While sustaining the survival of newly formed neurons is tantamount, supporting their migration is likewise imperative to sustain neural repair. Now let's jump to the conclusion of this article. Neurodegenerative disorders are a daunting challenge in medicine, exacting a heavy toll, both human and financial. The relative scarcity of the therapeutic options is intrinsically discouraging, but it is the same vacancy that should spur innovation. The struggle of these patients motivates dedicated investigators, and the untapped nature of this market should encourage investors to support these efforts. Though these ambitions may be dampened by a less-than-stellar track record, there is hope in lower-risk ventures in the form of repurposed pharmaceuticals such as methylene blue. The excellence safety record of methylene blue is well established by a century of medical use. Its newly explored role as a mitochondrial enhancer and recycling antioxidant is key to its potential as a therapeutic agent. With encouraging results in preclinical trials of some of the most disabling neurodegenerative conditions, methylene blue should be investigated with renewed enthusiasm in years to come. If these results are validated in future human studies, methylene blue could prove to be a versatile agent that could improve the health of patients suffering from the burden of neurodegenerative disorders and brain injury, giving them and their loved ones relief and a better quality of life. So there you have it, folks. A pretty, pretty riveting, pretty thorough article on, again, not just the uh, the, the the pathophysiology or mechanism of neurodegenerative diseases, i.e., uh, mitochondrial dysfunction, which we know red light therapy has a time and place, but this research uh, or this article uh, thoroughly details methylene blue's role with. Uh, uh, not enhancing, but rather mitigating, preventing, or even uh, reversing some of these neurodegenerative diseases, or even using it prophylactically for a cognitive enhancement or age reversal, so to speak, anti-aging, longevity, however you want to phrase it. But we already know that because anything that has to do with mitochondrial function is synonymous with um, health, vitality, longevity. So, Anything that works with the mitochondria, so anything that is supported by red light therapy and anything that is supported by methylene blue is not only health and wellness promoting, but it is essentially uh, anti-aging or uh, a longevity tool. Because as we know, the vast majority of modern diseases are tied to mitochondrial dysfunction. So if we can literally cut out diseases, if we can literally cut out cancer, then what does that look like from a health span standpoint? What does that look like when we get into our quote-unquote latter years, when we're in our 70s, 80s, 90s, and 100s, if we're able to maintain and optimize our mitochondrial function? I think I think the potential there is, is, uh, is, is endless, so to speak. But I'll leave my my soapbox speech there. Um, and as you guys know, uh, my company BioLite, we recently uh, released our methylene blue product, our one of a kind 
enhanced methylene blue product, which uh, further optimizes mitochondrial health uh, with the NMN or the uh, nicotinamide mononucleotide, which was popularized recently by, by Dr. David Sinclair years and years ago in his book, Lifespan. And then we included ingredients to further optimize the photodynamic uh, potential of methylene blue and also enhanced the cognitive uh, enhancing potential of uh, methylene blue by adding colloidal gold, colloidal silver, and then we added fulvic acid not only for its many health benefits but uh, especially to help drive all of those ingredients deeper into your cells and so you absorb them better. That's what fulvic acid does. So if you haven't checked it out yet and you're intrigued by methylene blue, uh, go check out BioBlue on the BioLite website, BioLite.shop. And also, uh, don't just check out Methylene Blue, but learn more about Methylene Blue. We have an entire uh, page, like a blog page, dedicated to Methylene Blue. So I'll add a link um, in the show notes for both the page, the learn page for Methylene Blue, and then the page for BioBlue. Uh, and I just highly recommend for anyone that found the information in this podcast interesting, uh, thought-provoking, profound. Uh, you can see how it applies to yourself or, or a friend, family, what have you. Pass along this information as well because more people need to know about methylene blue. I mean, this is kind of like knowing about red light therapy, you know, five or 10 years ago when, when far fewer people knew what red light therapy was. People need to know about methylene blue because of its potential. And as this article outlined many times, it's safety. So just like red light therapy, it's seemingly very safe and the health benefits are extremely high. Uh, so low risk, high reward. Again, it ties directly into mitochondrial health. And as we know from my previous episodes talking about methylene blue, it's a major synergist with red light therapy. So if you're already using red light therapy, integrating a methylene blue product like BioBlue is, is simply a no-brainer, pun intended. Uh, but again, guys, go do your own research. Go read some more about methylene blue because, again, it has immense potential. And uh, with your health in mind, it's uh, well worth the time and energy to look into it and probably the investment into adding it uh, to your health and wellness regimen. But that's all I have for you today, folks. Um, I appreciate you listening. Uh, if you've listened this far into the podcast, as always, I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, if you haven't already, please just take a quick 15 to 30 seconds to leave a quick five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Again, uh, you don't have to leave a written testimonial if you don't feel compelled to do so, but please do leave a five-star review so more people can learn the information that uh, you just did today about methylene blue and, and, and mitochondrial function and, and all the amazing guests that we have on this podcast. Uh, let's help them get their word and their message and their information out there. Uh, so thanks for doing that. And as always, I hope you guys have an amazing week. Get outside, do some grounding, get as much sunshine as you can in these later fall, uh, early winter months. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. As always, light up your health. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolite.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolite. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode. 